1: Is that part of the party? The
0: revolution is televised. will see now. Join the dark
2: order. Wrestling has more than one royal
3: family. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro-wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 98, and it is an all elite wrestling grab bag. And today I am joined for the first time by a contributor at Voices of Wrestling, uh, someone who I name dropped on the last episode because we share a birthday. It's Steve Case. Hello, Steve.
2: Hey, Andrew. December 2 Babies Unite. <laughs> No, I appreciate the shout out. I was gonna say something um but I just I completely forgot. Uh, thanks for the shout out last week. I am the ripe old age of thirty three in case you were wondering. So.
0: so you got a few years on me but not too much there so no twenty
2: eight and thirty three it's like it's like demographics. it's all the same age right Oh
0: yeah, yeah pretty much Irish twins, right? <laughs>
1: right exactly. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, I'm glad you're here. Definitely. Um, you know, it's funny, though, that you're on the AEW episode because around the BOW Slack chat, it's it sort of become like a running joke that you're the last remaining WWE guy on the website because <laughs> you review the takeovers and some of the main roster pay-per-views. And whenever there's like a big WWE show coming up, it's like, who's going to review this? Hmm. Uh, Steve, you're up, pal. <laughs> so I'm glad we could uh, buck that trend. And have you on this episode here?
2: Well, I appreciate that, and I—I I, I mean, I—I I, I don't mind it. I just—it is what it is. You just kind of take the WWE shows in a vacuum. The good thing is my my girlfriend has blessed her heart, has been a uh, very uh, supportive and actually finds ways to enjoy them um, while I review them, or she just falls asleep, and it's just fine that way too. So, um, but yeah, I don't mind doing it. I actually, I think, was it. Earlier this year that we like we didn't review a show because like I was busy and I didn't realize it until last minute. And I felt so bad that I was like, I don't want to I don't want to be the reason why they don't review a show again. So that's why I've always kind of tried to step up to the plate when I can. But uh, it's been tough. (laughs) It gets tough. Um, Hard to look forward to some of those shows for sure.
0: Yeah, thank you for your service, by the way, because <laughs> some of those shows, I mean, oh my god. Uh, the the takeovers are generally better, I think, but right. um those main roster shows can be uh oof. Yeah. Oof, not good.
2: I haven't pulled like a, I think is it I mean, I'm sure there's probably more, but just in my time at the site, like Kelly and Garrett no longer have anything to do with them. I don't know if it's post-traumatic stress disorder or something <laughs> from reviewing those shows, but uh, it hasn't hit me yet, so I'm knocking on wood right now.
0: Yeah, it's like the Raw Reviews or World Tag League. They get their man eventually. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> you can hold out as long as possible, but they'll get you in the end there. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, since this is your first time on the show here, Steve, I'll ask you this. Uh, when did you become a wrestling fan? How would you get into it?
2: Um. So my first memory as a human being, I was – sitting at my kitchen table um, while my I think my mom was moving into the house that I actually started to grow up in I had a like one of those old school like foot tall rubber um, Hulk Hogan and Jesse Ventura action figures and playing with them in a wrestling ring and that's I it's just been a part of my life my entire life it's kind of funny like you know people come and go in your life and it seems like doesn't matter how long it's been since I've talked to somebody like I'll always get random texts or social media posts or something like, Oh, I just saw this commercial with the, with the undertaker or Hulk Hogan. And I thought of you, hope you're doing well. Like people I haven't heard from in years. And that's just kind of always been my thing. Like I've always just been the wrestling guy. And there were a lot that I grew up with, but they all grew out of it and I'm still a large child. So (laughs) it works just fine.
0: And uh, has music played a big part in your fandom at all?
2: Um, I mean, obviously the classics. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not ashamed to say it. Say what you will about him now, and everything is true. But I grew up a Hogan guy. Always was. Always love. Always have a soft spot in my heart for late '80s, early '90s Hogan. So real American was my stuff back in the day. I mean, but like, I mean, the iconic ones like Hogan Warrior um undertaker uh, bret hart sean mike like all of those i mean i've enjoyed them there they've there's always been ones on my workout playlists and running playlists um not so much recently though which is why i was kind of excited you asked me to do this and i was able to kind of dive a little deeper into some of these aew themes
0: Yeah, that is uh, the topic du jour, uh, this selection of AEW themes. Um, I know I did like a short solo episode at the beginning of the year about a few AEW themes, but um, this is the first proper co-hosted episode about AEW. Um, New intro and everything, too. And, um, you know, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, they're about to finish their second year as a company. uh, Their first full year running shows with Dynamite, Dark, and the pay-per-views. And uh, it's been quite the year, that's for sure. Um, I mean, they're still a very young company figuring things out, what works, what doesn't. But they've been doing all this in the middle of a pandemic for like 90% of the year. Uh, Whether you agree or not that they should be running at all, they've been running. Um, In fact, at this point, there have been more AEW shows with limited or no crowds than there have been with full crowds, which is nuts to think about, you know, but, um, to their massive credit, they've persevered really well. And, you know, they've adapted to problems that have gotten in their way with aplomb. Uh, I think it's actually one of the company's best attributes, Steve.
2: Oh yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, I mean, I think anybody, uh, anybody that knows me, especially in the Slack knows that I'm a huge AEW mark. So, um, I mean, I've, I've loved it. It's really kind of carried me through. I've got a group of buddies, uh, Shout out to Nick and Dane from the uh, Mid-Card Matinee podcast, rest in peace. Got to get that plug in there, sorry. But um, uh, we always get looked forward to, I mean, we've had our ups, like everyone's had their ups and downs during the pandemic and um, things going well, things going poorly, things just kind of existing. But like, it seems like every Wednesday, AEW has been there for all of us and we always get excited for it. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, their ability to handle adversity, whether it's the pandemic with the no crowds, which I'm, I mean, maybe people have done it better in spots. But I think on a consistent basis, they've probably been the best one of all of the promotions that have tried the say what you will about Thunderdome or what New Japan's doing with the with the clap crowds. But I think they, they've done the best job out of all of the promotions as far as um, keeping things fresh and keeping things lively and it's kind of funny, like you mentioned, there have, they've had more non fan shows than they've had fan shows probably a little bit later today. I have to, um, review a match, uh, the Pac Kenny match, the Ironman match from February for the, for your consideration series that, uh, I guess South Dakota Jones, I don't know if that's his name, but, um, is putting together, but, um, and that had fans. So I'm kind of like interested to see what that's going to actually look like. Cause I love that match in the, in the time and at the time, but uh, it's going to be weird to watch it now after what's been nine months with no fans or very little to no fans. So um, yeah, it's, it's they've done a great job. I mean, I, like I said, I'm, I'm usually higher on them than a lot of people are just because I absolutely adore it. But, uh, I mean, I don't think you can really argue the fact that they've done a pretty good job, all things considered, with the,
0: with the adversity. Yeah, you brought up that Pack Kenny match. I think back to the start of the year and the build-up to Revolution and Revolution itself. I mean, that is legit, like some of my favorite TV wrestling ever. Oh, God, you know, absolutely. Great angles, great matches, hot crowds, a lot of momentum. Um, that, that February 19th Dynamite in particular... Which had Cody versus Wardlow in the cage. It had uh, Kenny and Hangman versus the Lucha Brothers, the Tag Team Battle Royal, uh, the Moxley versus Cobb match with a Darby return. Like, that's a wrestling show that'll stay with me forever, I think. It was so great. And all of a sudden, COVID hits, and all that momentum and atmosphere just comes to a halt. And it was crushing. It was really crushing. But slowly but surely, I feel like they've managed to get that momentum back in a lot of ways. Um, I know the most recent Dynamite ratings were the best of the entire year, and they put on some really great wrestling and great angles and feuds, despite the limitations of the pandemic era, which is very commendable, Steve.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of funny, like, we were, we were what, a week, two weeks away from getting a a blood and guts war games match, like an old school blood and guts war games match, like, and it just it's weird cuz i i mean like you said they were so like it felt real hot going into revolution and through i mean in that show itself was just fantastic and i mean it felt like they were really starting to build and build and build so you kind of wonder just how much different it would be had the pandemic not hit like would i mean obviously they're gaining momentum now and have been really strong lately with some angles and some stories and the ratings like you said have been best it's been all year but like where would it be had the pandemic not hit it's just it's a weird thing to think about since we're it's almost normal that it, we're in the situation we're in now but uh, like would they still have that momentum would it have been even bigger uh since they were on such a roll early in the year it's just it's it's funny to think about what ifs like that and i think that's something that people might think about for a while depending on how things go moving forward
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's perfect by any stretch. There are some things that I don't like about AEW. Uh, Some wrestlers, some segments. Uh, JR at times does get on my nerves a little bit. Uh, um, All Out this year was not a good show overall. And uh, some Dynamites have definitely been better than others. Um, But the thing is with them, they have my trust and they have my confidence that they can bounce back from, you know, whatever hardship or downtrend that they go through. So, you know, on the whole, like you, I'm a big fan of them and I want AEW to succeed and be around for a long time.
2: Yeah, I think people might probably argue with me if I said that I wasn't in love with everything. I mean, but that's just that's between that's between me and the the slackers, I guess you could call them. So, uh but uh yeah, no, it's it no, there is no such thing as a perfect promotion, but like you said, they it seems like as soon, as soon as they do something that maybe doesn't land or doesn't or is universally panned, they pivot and they adapt and they evolve and make chicken chicken salad out of chicken shit. Really. I mean, if, if you want to put it that way. Can I swear? Is that a thing I can do? Oh, here?
0: you can <laughs> swear to your heart's content. Don't worry about it. Okay, uh, <laughs>
1: great.
0: Uh, look, to me, any company that puts Eddie Kingston on national TV with a live mic and tells him, just talk. Gets a gold star in my book, you know. Same for Moxley, same for Cody, Ricky Starks, Taz. Like it's such a, a breath of fresh air compared to WWE that guys can just talk naturally and be themselves, and it's just it's awesome, Steve.
2: It's so hard to watch that. Like that. I mean, I've like like you said, I review most of the pay per views, and there have been some good matches and some matches I've really liked. But like, I'm in mean, outs. Like I. Their wwe's video packages are usually great to kind of get you up to date before the matches the build so you know what's going on but how how someone can watch how many hours of television they have on tell on on tv a week and just listen to that just rehearsed just soulless lifeless speak that they talk into the camera it's horrible like i don't know how anybody can get into that it just Human beings don't speak like robots. Don't speak like that. It's it, it, it's just crazy to me. It's and, and like you said, I'm one of the I'm one of the last WWE guys, quote unquote. And I grew up on it, and I loved it for years and years and years. And I can't tell you the last time I watched an entire episode of Raw or SmackDown. Like it's probably been at least two, three years.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> that's all you can say. Really, is just it's not good. Um, Now, as far as the music goes in AEW, uh, Mikey Ruckus, he's the one who does all the in-house music for them. And I've been listening to a lot of his themes because they're available on Spotify and Bandcamp, which I very much appreciate, by the way, that these songs are all available in studio quality because, you know, this podcast needs that stuff. (laughs) Um, And I've seen a fair amount of criticism towards his themes um, that some of them don't have a, a catchy and distinguishable hook, and as a result are just kind of there and unmemorable. And and to be honest, I do get that with some of his themes. Uh, you know, QT Marshall's theme, The Gun Club, Luther, like, those are not number one hit tunes. Um, but I do want to stick up for the guy, because from my perspective, the thing about Mikey Ruckus is that While he can and has made some very catchy and distinguishable themes, including on this episode here, what I think his greatest strength is and what he focuses on with his music is finding the right mood and the right sound that fits the wrestler. He's really, really good at that. Like, for example, uh, the Jurassic Express theme. That's not the catchiest song in the world, sure, but it fits the group to a T. The Indiana Jones Jungle Adventure music. It, it's perfect. Same with, like, The Dark Order and their creepy cult music. Uh, you know, same with uh, Joey Janela and his 80s metal. Uh, Pack dark and dour and frantic. Uh, Matt Seidel is very fast-paced and triumphant. Um, Hybrid 2, of course, with their dancy electronica. You know, the list goes on and on. You hear those themes and they sound like they belong with those wrestlers. Is every theme a memorable catchy hit? No, but... His bread and butter is figuring out which styles and sounds and uh, I guess musical pastiches uh, work for which wrestler, and I think he succeeds very well in that regard. Steve,
2: yeah, no, I would. I, that's a great point. Like, I mean, we're gonna go over some of these themes, like you said. Um, and there's, there's a, and for the most part, I would agree with you. I think almost all of these, for the, maybe one of them, um, we'll get to it when we get there. Um, maybe one of them, I would argue. Maybe doesn't fit quite well, but the rest, like all of them, like, I know we're going to, one of them we're going to talk about is Ricky Starks. And it just, to me, that one makes perfect sense. MJF makes perfect sense. Like, it's one of those things, like, I can't place the words, like why it works for those people, but it just does. And yeah, it. and some of them are even more spot on. So,
0: yeah. And the thing I like about him too, is that he's very open ...about his thought process behind his themes. He talks all the time on Twitter... ...about which bands and which songs and genres he was thinking of... ...when he made the themes. Like, for example, Eddie Kingston. Kingston's theme sounds a lot like a DMX song. Yeah. Well, he said, point blank, yes, I was going for DMX. Like, no bones about it. Um, Marco Stunt's new singles theme sounds a bit like We Belong... ...by Pat Benatar. Again... He openly admits that he used that song as inspiration for this one. Um, the Kenny Omega prelude music. Uh, Rich Krejt pointed out that the first half sounds like the song "Serious," the Chicago Bulls entrance music, whereas Joel Abraham said that the second half sounds like music from the movie The Running Man. Well, it turns out they're both right. That's what he was going for. So that openness is pretty refreshing, I think, and a cool insight into his process and in a lot of cases too he said that his ideas for themes and and which artists and sounds he wants to go for is done in tandem with the wrestlers he'll talk with the wrestlers and listen to their suggestions and and brainstorm ideas to help make their themes which i think is also pretty cool and gives those songs a personal touch you know these are not songs that were picked from a library like in so many other promotions but these songs were made for the wrestlers and in some cases by the wrestlers
2: yeah no i mean i that you're teaching me right now because i mean i i was aware of um uh ruckus making a lot of these and being a part of a lot of these but um i guess i didn't know a lot about the process or the backstory so i'm i mean a lot of these i put down some bands and some genres that i thought of when i listened to them so maybe i'm right maybe i'm way off but it'll be it'll be cool to kind of bounce those off you and see what uh see what you know and see what he has to say.
0: Right. And, you know, all in all, he's just a great musician too. Like on yeah. a technical level, all his themes are very good. Um, I mean, he made that new Sting theme and that's fucking amazing. That's <laughs> It's like the best theme he's ever done. And one of the best themes in wrestling right now, I think. And that's due to him not just playing all the parts well and getting the production right, but also it's because he's a wrestling fan and he knows his history with the Sting themes and, and he evokes that sound of the old Sting Crow theme and Metallica and all that, but he's <laughs> he's not copying them verbatim. Rather, he's making a new theme that feels like an evolution of those themes and tips the cap to them, but doesn't feel like a retread. It feels new and it's fantastic, Steve.
2: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. That's that Sting that Sting theme is. I mean, it's one of the better ones I've heard in. A long time, to be honest with you, of any promotion, really.
0: So let's get to these themes here. Uh, We have 10 songs to play, and a good bunch of them are indeed by Mikey Ruckus, Uh, but some of them are also by other artists, which is another cool factor of AEW, is that they allow uh, some outside artists to do themes, like for Darby, Lance Archer, Kenny, Cody, Jericho, of course, so we'll feature a mix of in-house and outside stuff today.
2: Excited to talk about them, my two favorite passions, wrestling and music, so let's do this, baby.
0: Okay, so uh, let's start off with Scorpio Sky, one-third of SCU and one-half of the first AEW Tag Team Champions. Scorpio's singles theme is called Reach for the Sky.
1: Reach for the Sky. Boy, flex on your dreams. Dreams. Race it to
0: the top, show the world what it means in front of me. This one, it's got an old-school 90s hip-hop vibe. Uh, Mikey cites Down With The Kings by Run DMC as inspiration. Uh, it's your classic hype-up rap theme about going to the top and being the best. Uh, reach For The Sky, not just a good name pun, of course, but uh, also the overall message of the song. Racing to the top, show the world what it means, tackle any obstacle that is put in front of me, it's my time to shine. It's just a real solid face theme, Steve. I enjoy quite a bit
2: yeah no i agree i mean it really it grabs you right off the bat with that reach for the sky and then it's like okay one that's a great way to start a song and two you know it's scorpio sky um it's a great play on words and i'm i'm one for one because in my notes i put very run dmc old school hip-hop just kind of it's fun it's upbeat but it hits hard enough where you know like this guy is going to come down and do some damage so and Obviously, the message of the song is great and kind of tells his story, which if you watch AEW, you've seen some of the vignettes, uh, vignettes that he's uh, been a part of. So, I mean, I think it fits him like really, really well.
0: Yeah, I get the visual in my head of like a dominant basketball hype video. You know, yeah. some guy just being a monster on the court and dunking on everybody and shooting threes. Like if this was in The Last Dance... During a montage of Jordan being an absolute beast, it would not be out of place at all, I don't think. If you're standing in my way, pushing through the crowd while I head into the fray, watch me real close, history is on the way, bow down with the king, watch the people start to sway. I think Scorp would prefer Kobe to Jordan, given his SoCal roots, but (laughs) there is that comparison to the high-level athlete who is taking charge and rising up and being the best in his own sport.
2: Yeah. I mean, keep reaching higher and like not being not being satisfied with where you're at. And uh, to go on to the uh, basketball theme that you brought up, I mean, my my background, I was in college coaching for a while and recruited and watched tons of highlight tapes and highlight videos. And with student athletes putting in just the worst kind of rap music (laughs) and music in the background and something like this would fit something like that perfectly. Um, so I totally get what you're saying.
0: I also like too how it's a completely different sound and style than the SCU theme, mm-hmm. you know, which is dude bro rock music. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that because, you know, this is supposed to be a solo theme for Scorpio Sky. It's his own thing, and the whole point of him going solo is to branch out from SCU to go his own way. So it makes total sense then that his theme song would also go its own way.
2: Yeah, and I mean it just and, it, and it's instantly recognizable, like A lot of these themes, and I think a good theme, really, it really just grabs you in that first note or that first line. And that reach for the sky right at the beginning just kind of really kicks it off and just starts the ball running
0: downhill and keeps going and going. Definitely, definitely. Uh, let's go over now to the AEW Women's Division, uh, the much talked about AEW Women's Division, <laughs> and uh, we'll look at the theme for the Super Bad Girl Penelope Ford, fiance of one Kip Sabian. And you know, for the record, I'm not a big Kip Sabian fan, but I gotta admit he's a very lucky man. <laughs> uh, Penelope's theme is called Super Bad Girl. This one is definitely going for surf punk, I think that's fairly obvious. Um, But actually there was a certain song that it reminded me of, and I I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and then it hit me, there's a song by the Dead Kennedys called Police Truck that sounds a lot like this one, the same vein. Um, This one though, a lot less political than that one. (laughs) Um, But still, I think this is one of the more underappreciated themes in the company. Uh, This is a, a very fun song, I think, a good balance between... You know the pop bounce and the punk edge, uh, great for Penelope, uh, the super bad girl. She's devious, but she's also, shall we say, quite the looker too. So I think that that fun, bubbly, surfy, but also you know chuggy punk rock dynamic it works well for her character. Steve.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I I'm kind of in the same way with you. I, I'm glad you said surf pop punk because uh, that was kind of what I was thinking. I put like pop alt, like that early two thousands. Like your Alien Ant Farms, your Bloodhound Gangs, your, I mean, to a better extent, your Offsprings, those kind of bands that were kind of popular in that late 80s, early 2000s era um, that were really popular with all the girls that I grew up with. Um, I was not a fan of that music back in the day, but, you know, my thoughts uh, have grown and my tastes have evolved since then. Um, the intro, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but um the intro where it's just kind of like the like right at the beginning reminded me of like um the human if you, were, you know the intro to uh human fly by the cramps oh yes um i felt that's what i got from that and then it just kind of like it's like that and then it kind of just goes right into that uh pop surf punk alt band alt rock kind of stuff and when I saw this one on there, I was like, "Ah, that's probably not going to be very good." But you're right; it actually, if you listen to it, I mean, it it's it's a really good. It's a really good song. I mean, it's a really good intro song for her. I mean, it's got the you know, like the upbeat kind of athletic. Uh, I mean, there, it, there's like a sex appeal to it, so that works for her obviously. Um, and it, I mean, she's a super bad girl. She's gonna do super bad things.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny because she's not a surfer girl. That's not her gimmick. But she's definitely the girl in the beach movie who's, like, super hot and will hang out with the douchey jocks and kick sand in people's faces and make fun of all the nerds. Like, that's her energy to a T. And the lyrics line up with that, I think. She's the one you call in a fight, and she don't play nice. She's a super bad girl. Cause a scene, and she'll do it in spite, then set it right. She's a super bad girl. Do what she wants to the one hundredth degree. Leave you in the debris for so many to see. Yeah, you will never forget this one right here. She's a super bad girl. It actually kind of sounds like a TV theme in a way to me. Like that, that energy, that cadence with the super bad girl. It has that like catchy rhythm to it. So, um, yeah. Overall, this is definitely a great song for her. You know, bubbly bad girl vibe.
2: Well, I think the idea, and that's that's the the um. The sitcom thing that you've talked about is really spot on because, I mean, you can almost see it like like every time it says she's a super bad girl. And it's like the you know, like that surfer like script. Yeah. Wording <laughs> with the bubble wording that comes up super bad girl. And like she's just in like different poses on the beach or like maybe she's like a secret agent or something like that, running from people, shooting people, whatever. But no, it would work just fine for that as well. And I mean, that's the thing she's. She's sexy, but she's still a badass, and that's kind of what they're they're going for, and it, it works.
0: Well, originally the song was called Bad Bad Girl, and the line was, she's a bad bad girl, because beforehand she was with Joy Janella, the bad boy, and she was just the bad girl. Uh, but now she's with the Kipster, so they changed it.
2: Here's a question for you: Did she trade up, trade down, or stay
0: the same? Well, no offense to Joey, but I do <laughs> think Penelope traded up for sure because Kip is a hunk, you know. But but to be fair to Joey, he's now dating Brandy Lauren and she's also super hot. So I, I think Penelope traded up, but Joey is a wash because he still has a hot girlfriend. So go. <laughs> Good for both of them. So up next, we'll look at another women's theme. Uh, this is for the native beast, Nyla Rose, a former women's champion. Her theme features Donna Thornton Long on vocals, it's called Beast Bomb. This one follows in the same vein as themes for like Awesome Kong or Umaga, the monster theme. And that makes sense given that Nyla is the monster of the women's division. And it plays up that whole jungle monster motif with the primal scream at the beginning, with tribal elements like the ooh, ha, ah, ooh, ha ah vocals and the flutes. Um, then there's the more deliberate pace of the song as set by the drums. And of course, that badass guitar riff at the center of it—it's uh, meant to convey something scary, something to be feared, uh, colossal, not of this civilized world, a beast—and it checks all the boxes for what I consider to be a good beast theme. Steve.
2: Yeah, no, I think it starts out great. It really, when I thought when I first heard like the start of it, um, you definitely you get that sense of dread. It almost kind of reminded me of one of those old TNA Samoa Joe themes. Um, like with the, I don't know, if I don't even know what the sound is. Like do do do
0: do. The Godzilla melody, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But here's my here's my problem with it because it's 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 got a good theme, uh, good music, but then when the people start singing, all I could think about was this is Halloween from Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> and because it sounded like that. Like the, the the same cadence, dun 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 dun. <laughs> dun. Like it, and it was the like the voice sounded like it too. And I just from that point on, it kind of took me out of it as being like a badass, and I kind of started laughing a little bit. So, uh, but I mean, the music's great. I think it would be one of those themes that maybe if it didn't have lyrics, it might work better. That's just my take, but I don't know how you feel about that.
0: Yeah, the vocals are rather uh, theatrical and over-the-top, for sure. But I think it's a rather theatrical and over-the-top kind of song. And wrestling itself is often quite, you know, theatrical and over-the-top. Sure. And the lyrics are right there, too, you know. Here comes a beast to cast asunder, breaking wreckage, pillage, and plunder. Time for the slaughter, her eyes grow colder, carry the victims over her shoulder. Oh, bow to the beast. Oh, bow to the beast. It's a little cartoonish, yes, but what I like about it is that the lines are repeated. They're done in like a, a call and response manner, again playing up the tribal aspect. It's like a tribal ritual summoning the beast. So not only do the lyrics work, but the way the vocals are arranged, it adds like a little extra layer of character to the song.
2: No, I it's like I think I really think everything about this would be fine and probably even the lyrics would be fine. I just in my head, I can't get over the sound of the, of the voice. Like I just, I, I, I hear that. And I'm thinking of like the claymation dogs and the, the ghosts and Jack Skellington jumping on a, a on a, like a hill. Like that's, that's all I could think about. So, but I mean, you're right. It's, it's, it, it meets the theme, like the tribal theme because obviously with her background um, and also the, 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 the spread of doom and um, dread of what's to come. Cause she's, I mean, she's a monster. She's a beast. Just, I think if the, uh, if the lyric, if the, if the way the lyrics were delivered, I guess was a little different. It might work a little bit better for me.
0: Have you ever heard of a band called the who? Oh, Not God. the British band, not oh. them. Sorry. I should have prefaced that beforehand. Yeah, no, uh, that's fine. Not them. Uh, not W H uh, O the who as in H U U. Uh, are a Mongolian folk metal band. Who incorporate traditional Mongolian instruments and throat singing? They're awesome, and and Mikey Ruckus has said that he used one of their songs called "Wolf Totem" as the basis for this theme. Uh, in fact, when you hear the, oh, that's him doing his best Mongolian throat singing. <laughs>
2: interesting i'll have to i i have not heard of who Hu, um but i'm definitely going to look that up because that's i don't know if i've i i know i've heard some of like the throat singing that you're talking about i i might not have to check this song out though because that's that's interesting
0: yeah they're an awesome band um no idea what they're saying of course but (laughs) (laughs) right they're an awesome band for sure yeah um Hmm. cool well, uh, up next, Steve, I have very, very good news because it's time to celebrate Wardlow Day, <laughs> Mister Mayhem Wardlow, the bodyguard for MJF, and uh, you know, wrestling fans, we don't agree on everything. Oftentimes, we're very divided, but something we can all come together on is the greatness that is Wardlow. His theme is called "This Is War."
1: This is war. This is war is desperate this...
0: So a couple things, um, if you had a wrestling theme called This Is War, chances are it would sound like this 10 times out of 10, right? <laughs> like, you're not getting bubblegum pop or down-tempo chill. No, you're getting crushing riffs and screaming vocals, you're getting metal to the max, because this is Mikey's Wheelhouse. He is a metalhead through and through, he loves the riffs, and you know what? It's Wardlow, Mr. Mayhem, he's a big beefy boy who throws people around. I say give the man his riffs, Steve.
2: Oh, okay. yeah. No, this, I totally agree. Like, I mean, the, this is war is just a great intro. I mean, what else are you going to think about when you hear this is war screamed at the top of someone's lungs and then that dude walks out like, run to the hills. Like, that's, I mean, I mean, pun not intended, beat the metal tie-in, but, um... Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> that. It's really good. I I wrote. It's very like Slipknot meets Seven Dust kind kind with the with some of the music. Um, very very angry, very destructive, very very Wardlow. Really very Wardlow. It just it works.
0: Well, you got the right genre with those bands you mentioned because this is one of those cases where. Wardlow worked with Mikey on the song. Um, apparently, okay. he told him, I want Disturbed meets Breaking Benjamin.
2: Oh. And you hear okay. this,
0: and damn it, if he didn't deliver Disturbed meets Breaking Benjamin, because some of those vocals are as close to David Draymond as you can get, really. Yeah. Um, a little, little Pantera thrown in there, too, with the Screamo stuff, I think. But, but yeah, Slipknot, Seven Dust, whichever. It, it's the perfect early 2000s meathead new metal song. You know, those lyrics out in the distance, your fear is taking over. You see premonitions of meat pulverizing. The time has come for all to witness total mayhem. This is war. No deep philosophical questions. No cutesy rhymes or lyrics. No, it's just, I'm going to kick your ass. And that's Wardlow. It's perfect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like I said, this, this is war. This is Wardlow. Like this, is perfect for him and yeah i guess i did when i was uh thinking of like the lyrics and the way the singer's singing um i was thinking more of like that's where i got the slip not like the Corey taylor because sometimes like he'll get really like screamy but then he'll like actually sing and it and it sounds sort of mellow but the breaking benjamin part of it totally makes sense as well but yeah no that's like yeah what else is there really to say i mean Dude's going to come out, he's going to cause destruction, he's going to leave you in a pulp, and then he's going to leave. And that's how war works. So, go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, It's funny, though, we don't really hear this theme that often, do we? Because Wardlow doesn't wrestle that often in AEW. Um, He's only had, like, I think 15 matches in the company to date, and some of those were tags and battle royals. Um, So, you know, part of me is a bit impatient, and... Wants to see more of Wardlow. uh, Mordlow, if you will. But (laughs) I also get that he's a long-term project. Um, MJF is the focus right now, not him. So patience is a virtue when it comes to Mr. Mayhem. But I think he has all the tools to be a big-time player in wrestling. And when he does get that tap on the shoulder, he's going to be tremendous, no doubt.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, this dude's. I think he's a blue chipper. Like, he's got everything. And I don't know if you if you listen to the unrestricted at all, their podcast, but he was on it recently and the dude gets it. Like he, he wants to go in there and beat people's asses. And that's the kind of wrestling he likes. That's what he studies. Um, I think he, he gets it completely, exactly what he's supposed to be. And I think it's fine. Like I, I too want to see him get better and become a more prominent player. And I think you're slowly starting to see that, but I mean, MJF, I I'm, I'm one of the, I'm in the camp that MJF is also a blue chipper and a guy that's going to be on top for a long, long time. So the way they're both kind of helping each other rise up is fun to watch and it's going to make for some really cool battles down the line when they do finally split and that story does take place. So you'll really, it, it's almost like um, Batista and Triple H and how that played out back in the day. Very reminiscent to that. So, and I think And both of those guys came out of it. Obviously, Triple H was already established, but Batista became a big star out of it. And I think that's probably what we're going to see a lot, something like here.
0: Yeah, it might not be the thumbs up, thumbs down like before, but um, it'll, it'll be fun regardless, I think.
3: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates,
0: So we're gonna change things up a bit now and play some themes that were done by outside artists. Uh, this first one is for the tag team Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. I talked about their first theme at the beginning of the year, but since then they've gotten a new theme. Uh, this one is by Zelly Daniels, Stalo Dom, and someone named RIQQQ. So uh, Rickka, I guess. <laughs> this is called Shots.
1: Oh my god, is that private party? Yeah, 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 yeah. let's go! Woo! Boss up another one We about to set the club on fire with this one. Yeah, let's go! Let's go! Sus, 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 sus. sus, sus,
3: sus. Shots, what we shots. shots, yeah, shots, yeah, shots, yeah. Let's go made it out the streets and then we moved it to the bigger leagues. Now that haters perpetrated, working with the enemy. For the show, I take a shots. shot at juice for energy. Oh, sh- Check sh- up
1: the facility and give the people memories. Please. Remember me? We got Michael Jeffrey Jordan Tennessee.
3: Baby we jumping off the rope into a new extremity. Shots. Better watch it, I, I think it. she liking my identity. She feeling me? I'ma introduce her to my remedy.
1: Sus sus, 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 sus,
0: sus, sus. Oh my god, is that private party? Um, you know at first I was a bit disappointed with this one when they got it, because I like the first one a lot, and the whole shots, 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 that reminds me of the song Shots by LMFAO. Shot 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 shots everybody which that song annoys the hell out of me (laughs) I hate that song but over time this did grow on me I love the beat I love the tempo the flow of the rapping's pretty good I like how smooth it sounds Um, the whole what we want what we need that's pretty fun it references Jin and juice their tag finisher so I really grew to enjoy this one Steve
2: well I'm glad you came around to it because I'm I I have I don't I don't I'm not I don't know if I'm a huge fan of this one um it's got a decent beat. And I think like when you hear it on TV, it comes off fine. Um, and the whole intro, the the shots intro and, uh, oh my God, is that private party? Like it all, like that's all fine. But when I, like, when I listen to the lyrics, it reminded me of some of those old, like, again, I might, I'm probably aging myself here, but the the No Limit Soldiers, you familiar with, with No Limit? Oh, yes.
0: We All We Got? Yes,
2: yes, yes. Um, and not—that's uh, what this reminded reminded me of—and not the good ones. Um, my brother was a big no limit guy back in high school, and that's all I had to listen to. And it—some of it makes me feel nauseous to my stomach, and that's kind of where I—what I got out of this. I thought the—I I do think the first one is better than this. I don't like—I said I don't think it's bad because when I listen to it on TV, I don't have this reaction. It's just kind of like, eh. I like the other one, better better but this is fine but now that i've listened to the song and like listened to the lyrics does not work for me
0: well as someone who listened to Hootie who for this podcast i (laughs) feel your pain when it comes to the no limit soldiers look Um, what i'm going through dude yeah (laughs) um (laughs) listen if you like the song or not that's your opinion i don't care either way to me this still carries the same party vibes as the first one it just does it in a different way like the first theme was very energetic and vivacious and over-the-top flashy and music for, like, the dance floor. This one, it's a tad more subdued with the production, not as much bombast as before, but still it has that element of style and swag and coolness that, to me, evokes the back of the club. You know, sitting down with drinks and the ladies behind the velvet rope, like a private party. So it better emphasizes that aspect of the gimmick, and the name than the first one did I think but if you prefer the first one over this one I'm not going to argue with you
2: yeah i it just to me i mean it's still like like the first one did as well i mean it fits their gimmick and like the lyrics make sense for what they're trying to go for but like i don't know it just to me it does it some some guys like some some acts or wrestlers you want to say like you can, you can almost tell like how high they can get and how big they can get almost by their music. And to me, this, this sort of has a low ceiling. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I don't know. I just said to me, it's, it's really not something that hits me where, where I like to be hit. You know, it doesn't, doesn't really get me excited at all. Uh, It fits what they're trying to do. That's fine. It's just, I guess it's just more of a personal preference that I'm not, I'm not digging.
0: Well, I think that some styles of hip hop are more suitable for certain wrestlers than others. You know, like sure. this is not the same kind of song as Scorpio Sky's theme. No, um, they're similar in that they're very boastful theme songs, but Scorpio has more of an athletic, nose to the grind, work hard and be the best kind of thing. Whereas Private Party is more of a club anthem. We're cool, ladies want to be with us. It's a little more acute. With the braggadocio and if you compare the two songs the scorpio sky theme is more inclined for a guy on his way up that's the intent whereas this theme is more of a character theme does that make sense
2: yeah no i that you put that a lot better than i than i could have articulated basically the sky scorpio sky comparison is really good because to me that that is a dude that's trying to reach for it that's trying to gain ground that's trying to reach the top and i feel like this like this this theme for private party and their act really it's just about it's not about like moving up the ranks it's just about being cool and that's that's just something that's not really my thing i guess
0: no one very very few people that know me think i'm cool (laughs) um it's funny i was thinking about the stinger oh my god is that private party you know what if other wrestlers had the stinger Oh my god is that Chaos Project? <laughs> oh my god is that Alan Angels? You know it, it doesn't have the same ring to it. No.
2: Oh my god is that Alex Reynolds? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it that that part fits. That part fits. It's a, it, like as far as like intros to songs, like I said I really like a good intro like a something that, I mean, you instantly know it's them. You instantly know what you're getting. I guess I'm just not a big fan of what I'm getting from that point on.
0: Up next, we'll play the theme for the current and longest reigning AEW women's champion, Hikaru Shida. And Shida's theme is by someone named Subasa Shida. And if you're wondering, hmm, that's an odd coincidence. They're brother and sister. So oh. there you go. Uh, Shida's theme is called Shining Samurai with three A's. nakamura batman Uh, (laughs) whenever i hear that intro i think of nakamura's new japan theme subconscious it sounds very familiar of course but um but beyond that with this one it's that classic style of theme that so many japanese wrestlers have where they blend the modern day rock music with the traditional japanese elements the strings the flutes it's kind of like to me a sister song ...to Ben K's theme in Dragon Gate, Um, although that song does go a lot harder than this one. Um, Now, normally, we'd hear a song like this and go, oh, American wrestling, so typical, giving the Japanese wrestler the song with the Japanese music in it. Um, But considering this is Shida's own brother doing this, we'll give it a pass there, Steve.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, this, this feels like, this song feels like her personality, just like for what I would what I would think of her personality, like very, it's it's very upbeat. It's the traditional, like a lot of traditional tones, but also it seems very like upbeat and forward. Like like once it gets going, it almost feels like kind of like a train engine, like kind of going like something like that. So always always moving forward. It's very video gamey. I don't know. That's kind of what I got about it and that might be from some of the the traditional Japanese kind of music and instruments into in that theme um the best part I thought of it uh, where like I think it's about two-thirds into it it slows way down and it becomes like a smooth jazz yeah (laughs) like that was that was really I obviously you don't hear the entire theme when she's coming in so that was kind of a surprise for me but um I mean it's it's a fine intro I don't I don't know if I would have the long, like, yeah. like the Nakamura-type thing at the beginning. Because sometimes, especially watching on TV, it just seems like it's kind of long and unnecessary. Where if it just maybe, like, cut that to, like, a couple seconds and then go right into the intro, I think it might work better. But, I mean, I think it works just fine for her.
0: Yeah, it definitely fits her. That's for sure. Um, not just because she's Japanese, of course, but... You brought up like video games. Well, she's designed some of her gear based on video game characters. Um, but really, her whole like presentation is that she is this badass warrior, and she has herself these traditional elements like the robe and the kendo stick, and she does the bow and all that stuff. Um, lots of colors. Very heroic. And I think listening to the song, it covers all those bases. It sounds traditional. It sounds badass. It sounds colorful and heroic. So I think her theme is very well suited for her. And um, you mentioned as well the smooth jazz portion. Um, Usually we only hear like the first minute or so of a theme during the entrance, but the full song is quite the ride. And there are, you know, just multiple sections all over the place. It starts off with the Nakamura intro, then it goes into the traditional rock music section, then about halfway through there's this awesome guitar solo, and then it just completely changes over to the smooth jazz portion and then it goes back to the traditional rock music and then another guitar solo so it goes in a lot of different directions here that normally you wouldn't hear at all during the entrance
2: yeah there's definitely a lot going on here um i think for the most part it works it might be kind of it might be kind of jarring going from part to part in some cases but i mean when when you hear this theme you think of her and that's the, and that's what you want. I mean, it, it just fits. So I think overall solid theme, solid theme.
0: Right. Right. You know, I, I've always been confused by something in regards to Shida it, it's her entrance video with the meditating human disco ball. Like, yeah, I've never understood why that's in there. It's a very strange visual.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's like, uh, almost like that uh, giant dude from the, when the day the earth stood still, I think is that the movie that's called like the giant, like, but it's, it's like a disco ball. So I don't, I guess that's
0: the mystery. Andrew, you're the, you're the robot. You should be able to figure that out. right? <laughs> well, some things are beyond even my understanding, I think. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, maybe since it shows up during the Nakamura intro, It's trying to do some sort of uh, East Asian spiritual warrior thing, perhaps? Uh, I'm just spitballing here.
2: Yeah, hard to say. I, I, I couldn't even guess
0: what that would mean, so we'll go with that. Let's get back to the Mikey Ruckus themes now and play the theme for one of my favorite guys in the EW, Absolute Ricky Starks Hell Um, yeah Ricky Starks, as Taz would say (laughs) Uh, Ricky, of course, answered Cody's Open Challenge Back during the summer for the TNT title And since then, he's been absolute gold No pun intended Uh, His theme is called It's Live
1: (laughs) The revolution is revolution is televised
0: just gonna say this right now this song is so fucking catchy mm-hmm. this gets stuck in my goddamn head such an earworm but it's great and it's great for Ricky because he's so charismatic and so cool and flashy and you can't take your eyes off of him that he needs a song that can match that and sure you can give him a hip-hop theme but I think this is better because it's unique no one else in the company has a theme like this. This stands out, and it's just as flashy and attention-grabbing as Ricky Starks is. It's tremendous, Steve, it's tremendous. Yeah, no, I totally agree.
2: This fits him perfectly. Like, absolutely perfectly. I am, first of all, like you said, this dude has been incredible since he's been brought on Dynamite. I've, I loved him when he was in uh, like NWA and Power. He was one of my favorite guys watching that show. Uh, So watching him come from there and obviously like guys like Joe and other people have known him a lot longer than that have seen his career, but I've only seen him in the last year or so. And he's quickly become one of my favorite dudes. I think this is the kind of guy that continues to get better and continues to grow. He could be on top of the promotion easily, just great in-ring does all the little things, great charisma. And this is the kind of theme that sort of encapsulates all that. Like you said, it's very, it's it, it's very, like, sh- like, flashy, and I wrote that this is the kind of, it makes it seem like this name should be, like, up in lights, flashing on the marquee, like, a big, bombastic, like, just personality, and this theme just encapsulates all of those, fits his character to an absolute T, and, yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, and according to Mikey, the inspiration for this one was that Ricky was using Touch the Sky by Kanye West on the indies. Yeah. And he wanted to incorporate the brass instruments into his new theme here, but he also wanted it to have more swagger, which it definitely does, You know, especially in that B section. Tons of swagger there, because that's the core of Ricky's whole persona, is his swagger. Mm-hmm. In the ring, on the mic, mugging to the camera – the clothing, the way he speaks. The guy is a showman through and through. And you mentioned his name being in the bright lights. That's perfect because I kind of get like Vegas vibes from this song. Like an yeah. old school top act in Vegas. Dressed to kill, big time show and presentation. The ladies, the gambling. Those images are in my head when I hear this song. And Ricky fits in like a glove with that whole motif, I feel. So a real great job here translating his essence into his theme.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, doesn't, don't, couldn't you just like see yourself, like you said, driving on the strips strip and you like, or walking on the strip and you come up to like Caesar's palace or wherever it is, or the igloo or the Bellagio, whatever, any of those big name places. And you just see his name, like with just flashing lights all around the sign. And you hear that song and it just, it makes sense. And you just kind of, get that feeling like this dude's a big deal. Pay attention to him. Like that's where I'm at with this.
0: And I love Ricky's entrance too, where he comes out and does the air guitar and the shovel step. He he pumps his fists in tune with the music. Like the guy is all in on incorporating the music with the entrance, which I think clearly means that he loves this song as much as we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, Ricky's just the best and I'm so glad he's in AEW right now and I'm looking forward to five years from now when knock on wood, him, Darby, Hangman, Wardlow, Sammy, they're all on top, just running shit. It's going to be great.
2: Yeah, I mean, if this, God, just think about, like, if the promotion continues to just build and grow, and, God, they are loaded with so many young horses. They are, I mean, as long as everyone stays healthy, they're, they're set for the next 10, 15 years, really. And that's, and that's no doubt even talking about their, ability to identify talent like in the indies, like all these guys that have come up from dark that like a lot of people never heard of and now are major players. Like it's yeah.
0: I can't wait. Hopefully the future uh remains bright. Theme number eight. And this is for another tag team, the butcher and the blade with the bunny, or as the great iron Mike Spears would say, the motherfucking butcher, the motherfucking blade and the motherfucking bunny. Uh, Their theme has the same name as their tag finisher. This is called Full Death. like with this is war when you have a song called full death you kind of know what you're getting don't you like especially with this team butcher and the blade don't look like techno fans to me um not really a a k-pop kind of group listen they're big scary looking white dudes with a lot of tattoos and black leather and giant mustaches and creepy masks and monocles and, and they brawl it's gonna be metal folks okay and it's a certified lock, given who makes up the team as well, because the butcher, Andy Williams, is the rhythm guitarist for the metalcore band Every Time I Die. So I don't think it was a tough process to figure out what this song was going to be, Steve.
2: Yeah, so my first thought was, uh, I always thought that like Andy's band was the one that did this theme, so you're telling me they aren't? Uh, no, this is all Mikey Ruckus. This is all Mikey Ruckus, huh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean so without without that i guess like honestly when you look at these two i mean you you almost expect to see them come out to death metal like you said i mean it'd be weird to have like a group like this come out to like oh my god is that the butcher and the blade like (laughs) might be fun to see the bunny but you know uh those two dudes coming out would be weird so i mean it fits that way um very very progressive metal kind of feel when you listen to this whole theme it kind of has different movements almost like a like a hardcore opeth I don't know if you're familiar with that band at all oh, I've uh,
0: heard of them yeah yeah. Um,
2: or Mastodon something yeah, like that yeah I love that. those guys so, yeah um, so that's kind of the vibe I got for them but yeah another one that just fits uh, one thing because again I listened to them on a podcast and when you listen to those two talk you'd think their voices were flipped
0: <laughs> Yes, yes you know
2: <laughs> it's just—it's so weird. You hear—you hear, you hear uh, the blade talk, and he's got this like low gravelly voice. And then, like a- Andy is this big burly dude that looks like a literal butcher, has like a almost like kind of an upbeat like an uptick
0: voice and a uh, not very deep. Like it's just—it's just weird to me. Well, that's why the butcher doesn't talk in AEW. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. hide the negatives. <laughs> accentuate the positives absolutely absolutely you don't need to talk if you're a giant evil teddy roosevelt looking motherfucker okay (laughs) you can stay quiet it's all right it's all right um but uh but yeah what i love about this theme is that at first it seems like your typical intense metal theme the scary voiceover the butcher and the blade the sirens going off danger danger bad dudes are coming But this is not like the same two riff patterns over and over again. No, this is a full song, with multiple sections. And the riffs and the drumming and the tempo and all that stuff just gets more and more intense and more and more fast-paced as it goes along. It's like an escalating onslaught of metal, which works with the title, Full Death. There are no half-measures here, this goes all the way. So this does a great job of really getting the most out of this type of theme.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's where where I got like the Opith um, reference, cause like a, like if you put this song like as an instrumental on one of their albums, it would fit. Like, cause there's a lot of different like sections and movements and just different, and it builds and builds and just like you said. So uh, great, good theme, good theme. Uh, I don't really have much else
0: to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, There's not much analysis to give with this one. Um, It's very clear what it's all about. Um, But I was wondering with this too, there's that added element of Butcher being a musician. Did he have any input with this theme at all? And someone did ask Mucky about this, and he said that it was a three-way text between himself, Butcher, and Blade. And the story of the song is that it's, quote, complete chaos, imagining being hacked in several pieces. And he sent that to the team, and they were happy with it.
2: I I don't know if that's what I would probably think of if I was getting chopped up into (laughs) different pieces. But I guess, hey, to each their own.
0: (laughs) I also love that in AEW canon, Butcher and the Blade are actual butchers. (laughs) Like, they cut meat for a living. And when they did the Falls Count Anywhere match with the Bucks a few months ago... It started with them in the kitchen cutting meat. I just, I love that so much.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's attention to details, man. That's why I love this thing.
0: Moving on now to the second to last theme of the episode here. And uh, this is for Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. One of the young stars of the company and uh, a rather polarizing figure among certain circles. Uh, Some people love him, some people hate him, but he's going to be around for a long time. So get used to him. Uh-huh. mjf's theme is by rw smith from the prestigious youtube audio library this is called dig deep
3: i'm better than you and you know it
0: you watch the show Succession at all?
2: Uh, heard of it, never watched it.
0: Well, it's a great show, first of all. Um, yeah. And the theme song is great, too. It's this like nice, elegant piano arrangement and orchestral arrangement over like a hip-hop beat, which is kind of mimicking the story of the show because it's about these super-rich people who are in charge of this like mega-corporation. They have estates, they have nice apartments, all the money in the world, pretty much, but... There's also this undercurrent of ruthless aggression, if you will, and and backstabbing and conflict. So it has this facade of pretension and wealth and high culture and high class, but underneath that, there's this layer of contention. And that's the same with MJF and this theme. It has the piano music on top, but underneath it is this pointed hip-hop beat. Again, MJF is the spoiled rich kid who gets everything he wants, but he's also this backstabbing manipulating shithead who will do whatever it takes to win. So, I don't think this was all on purpose, mind you, cuz this song came out a few years before Succession even aired, but it's a pretty neat coincidence, I'd say.
2: Yeah, no, it's the perfect thing. I mean, it's it fit it's like Stark's in a way. It just it the song fits his character so well. Like I wrote my notes. This song is basically what it would sound like if a shithead walked into a party that thought he was the coolest dude in the world that you really wanted to punch in the face really, really hard. And that's, that's the vibe I get from it. Like the whole, uh, the, the classy piano beat over the hip hop beat, like you talked about. I mean, it's essentially like the upper class, like preppy, I guess, white kid who, who, has never had to work for anything in his life is now trying to act cool and like act hard and tough and just no one's buying it. Everyone hates it. You just want to see him like I said, get his face punched really, really hard. And it, it works like on that level so
1: much.
0: Yeah. The vibe I get as well is like my super sweet 16. (laughs) Remember that show? Oh yeah. The kids are all spoiled and getting all these extravagant gifts and parties and whatnot. Um, Or MTV cribs. With the whole, look at me and my nice stuff kind of thing. But what I also love about this is that it's from the YouTube audio library. Like, this is not some super expensive, you know, five-star production here. This is from the free pile. So there's this wonderful irony here that plays into MJF's character. Like, he's supposed to be this super rich, you know, wealthy guy. But his theme song is copyright free. And that plays into him being two-faced. You know, he says one thing. But the background of his theme says another.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. It's a great. That's a that's a great uh, observation. Um I love the the intro, just the the like the low, because it's like everyone's like waiting for the next person to come out, and you hear it, and it's almost like you can't help but like, oh god, this guy, and you're like rolling your eyes, and it's just like, oh, and it like that intro kind of, and then it goes into the 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 other the remainder of the song with the the more progressions and everything and it's just kind of it fits it just fits him perfectly just oh god please just shut this dude up and get him out of my sight like that's what you think about when you hear this kind of song
0: yeah yeah and, and kudos to AEW as well for not drastically changing the song all that much or replacing it even you know because the only thing they've done is add the stinger I'm better than you, and you know it, and that's it. And that does take out the intro, but beyond that, it's the same song. And I know that Mikey Ruckus has said that he has no plans to replace this song at all until he's told to do so. And who knows, MJF might have this theme for the rest of his career. We'll see.
2: Do you uh, do you like that they put the his catchphrase in the beginning of it?
0: Um, I'm indifferent to it. Like, I get why it's there. It makes sense, but... If it wasn't there, I wouldn't really be bothered by it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the same way. I, at first, when I heard them take the or put the catchphrase in, I was like, man, that kind of just like it takes away that groan-inducing, like just dread of him coming to the stage because you don't want to see him. Um, but you, I get why they did it. I mean, it's a good catchphrase and it gets the heat. So, I mean, it's grown on me. I would have probably preferred them not putting it in, but I totally get why they would.
0: So, the final theme of the episode here, and this is for the man who just lost the AEW World Championship after a pretty fantastic reign. It's John Moxley, who is one of the biggest stars in the company. Moxley's theme is by a band called Violent Idols, very appropriate. This is called Unscripted Violence. So I really like the beginning of this theme. The feedback and distortion, and it gets louder and louder, and then
1: the...
0: I like all that stuff. And it's very much a John Moxley theme. It's straightforward, in-your-face, no-nonsense, hard rock. My main issue, though, is that, you know, after a while, it does get pretty monotonous and repetitive and not all that dynamic. But then again, you know, Moxie isn't a very dynamic, super deep, complex guy himself. You know, he's a very straightforward, no-frills, no-nonsense character. But as far as my personal enjoyment of the theme goes, it does start to feel samey after a while, Steve.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you about the intro. I love the feedback and just that plugging in the amp and that sound you get from it going right into the theme. Uh, this is a theme that grew on me. I mean, I... I was one uh, when he first broke out in the New Japan. Um, that theme, I thought, kicked all the asses. Um, and I was really hoping he would bring that to AEW. He didn't, and I was a little disappointed. But over time, this has kind of caught on. And I think it's it's like, it because his theme in New Japan was, I mean, very similar in the fact that it was like no nonsense in your face. It was just, it was slower, more subdued, uh, heavy riffs. Like, da, 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 da. like, to me, it was like the difference between like, say, a Black Sabbath versus like a Motley Crew, like American versus versus overseas heavy metal, where it's a lot more doom and gloom um and tread and like, like, like evil almost. Whereas the American side of things, it's more in your face, like manic, like crazy, like party, like just just keeps coming over and over and over. And I think that's kind of what you get with these two. Like the uh, the mocks in Japan was much more like uh sorta of, sorta of tone I won't say I guess toned down isn't the word, but I think you know what I mean, right? Um and then in America and AEW he's been much more I won't say crazy, but like just sorta of, not, not crazy Dean Ambrose, but like like manic John Moxley. Like there's something raw there's a screw loose in there, but he's almost like devious Unhinged. Unhinged, yeah, thank you. Much much better with words than I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, that uh, that New Japan theme, Death Rider, I love that song so much. It's awesome. Yeah. And that's a good shout with the Black Sabbath comparison because it does sound like classic seventies Black Sabbath. That heavy, bluesy sound. Yeah. But still, that same ballpark, you know, genre wise, with the other theme. Um, so, yeah, this one, it's mm-hmm. much more frantic and furious, like Moxley is a lot of times. But, you know, if you think about it, the music has never really been the most important part of the Moxley entrance. No. It's always been about him coming out through the crowd and psyching himself up and his facial mannerisms and his tics. Like, he's always the focus and what he does, and the music is just extra. So, even though I'm not a big fan of this theme, I don't think it detracts from him at all, but I also don't think it's an essential component either.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, thinking back, we were talking at the beginning of this about the um, when AEW actually had crowds, seems like forever ago. But like it was to the point where they were there was like legit mox pops like soon as his theme hit and him coming through this. It just felt like I'm not I mean, obviously, very little is ever going to approach like an Austin pop. But like his music would hit and he'd come through the crowd and like the places would just erupt and it was getting bigger and bigger. So I'm hoping that maybe once the crowd start to come back, whatever that happens. Maybe that'll continue to grow because I think he's been he's been great, and the theme is definitely great for that kind of pop, especially with him coming through the crowd.
0: Right, especially with that intro too. Yeah. You know, you hear that the feedback start, and it's like, oh, here we go, which is what you want, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, Moxley, he's the man. I'm so glad he's doing this thing and wrestling the way he wants to wrestle and talking the way he wants to talk. And I mean, even when he does something that isn't that great, like with MJF's lawyer or whatever, it just takes like one great promo or match to get him right back on track. So, you know, he's the man.
2: I mean, he's the kind of guy that announces that his wife's pregnant during a, like a kick-ass promo. That's, <laughs> that's really all you need to know about John Moxley.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of music of the Matt. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Steve, thank you so much for being here your first time on the show, and I guess you can say that you were all elite. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, seriously, this was a lot of fun, and uh, you were great today. So thanks for coming on.
2: Well, depending on who you ask, if me, me being all elite might be a good thing or a bad thing. But <laughs> I, do, I, do appre- I do appreciate uh, you asked me. If this was a lot of fun. Uh, I'd be happy to do it again. If um, I've enjoyed it. Hopefully you have too.
0: I have definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess you can say that you've uh, jumped ship then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I jumped ship a long time ago. I guess this is the coming out part. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, any plugs you want to give go right ahead.
2: Um, I mean, like I said, I mentioned before I had a couple buddies we used to do, uh, we would watch re- movies with wrestlers in them and, and talk about them kind of pandemic stuff got busy and work stuff got busy, but, uh, card Matinee. We do have podcasts out there. There's about 20 episodes. If you want to check that out, be one of the the select few uh, to uh, listen to that. My Shout out to my boys, Nick and Dane Pabloski. Um, uh, and uh, one of our super fans, Dr. MacArthur. Got to give her a shout out too. But um, uh, yeah, other than that, like I said, If you see, uh, if you hear rumors that there's a WWE pay per view, because you never really can be sure nowadays, rest assured your guy Steve's probably going to be
0: reviewing them. So,
2: voiceofwrestling.com, check out those.
0: Just throw the bat signal up and you'll be there to save the day. (laughs) (laughs) In times of great hardship, only one man can review King Corporate matches.
2: (laughs) In times of trouble, uh, when a review is needed, let it be
0: Steve. Let it be Steve. Amen. Amen. And uh, Music of the Matt is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at voicesofwrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Matt. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can discuss this and other topics at the VOW Discord. That's voicesofwrestling.com slash discord. If you want to donate to the podcast, you can do that. Just go to voicesofrustling.com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Met. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Steve, thank you again, and I'll see you around.
2: Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk soon.
0: All right, for Steve Case, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys.
1: Music of the Mat is intended
0: for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.